Hi, before we get started with the episode, we just wanted to point you in the direction of the social accounts we've set up for the show to help you guys engage with us and communicate and get involved with our show. You can email us at can'tdisappointpodcast at gmail.com. Emailing us will really be the best way to talk to us directly and conversate with us on air during the show. Also, be sure to like You Can't Disappoint a Podcast on Facebook. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Can't Disappoint Podcast and Twitter at You Can't Disappod. That's Disappod like Disappoint. So there's one S and two P's. Well, thanks for tuning in and let's kick off the episode. Here we go. <laughs> Donde esta la biblioteca? Me llamo T-Bone, la araña discoteca. Discoteca, muñeca, la biblioteca. Es un bigote grande, pero manteca. Manteca, bigote, gigante, pequeño. Cabeza es nieve, cerveza es bueno. Buenos días, me gustas papas frías. Bigote de la cabra, es camarón días. Yeah, boy, boy. Yeah. What? It's 2009. Word. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I was waiting. I thought you were gonna. Thought you were gonna go. Okay. 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 Go for it. Hello, everyone. Welcome to You Can't Disappoint a podcast. I'm Zach. I'm Stephen. And we're back for episode. Two. We are. Hi. Episode two. Here we are. I'm really excited for this. Yeah, me too. I'm arguably more excited. Yeah, I, I really think so. I'm a big fan of this episode, and I had really fond memories of it, and it definitely yeah. lived up to the hype. Yeah. So right off the top, I want to throw out a plug to a Twitter page that's been really helpful for us this week called Communies. Their at is C-O-M-M-U-N-I-E-S. It's this huge gathering of community fans. They share all types of great content, and it's actually kind of become a gathering of all the different community podcasts a little bit so if you like community if you like our show you should give them a follow and if you're here listening because of them thank you thank you yeah we're really happy that they've you know welcomed us into the the community community so we're happy to be here everyone's been so nice and so welcoming it's been such a fun first week of being a podcast a hundred percent i've had a ton of fun like every little morsel of interaction we've gotten from anybody has just made my day. That's been my favorite thing so far. Me too. I think it's just really cool to know that people have listened and that they are enjoying and they have questions and thoughts and feelings just like we do about the show. So yeah, it's great. people are listening and people are enjoying and I want people to rewatch the show with us. That would be like the most fun. It's it's almost like we're having a big party in our living room, yeah. you know, once a week with a whole world full of people who like the same show we do. Totally. So if you haven't watched this episode lately, you should, uh, Spanish 101, you should hit pause on this, go watch it, and come back to it. It really is a great one. We'll be right here when you get back. Yeah. And pause. While they're gone, how's your week been, Stephen? It's been pretty good. You know, just staying safe, staying healthy, best you can. Uh, It feels like things are, like, starting to quasi go back to normal, but it feels weird. Everything's open again. People are going out places. I still feel like I want to, you know, hide in my room all day. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm trying to take it a little bit slower. Um, up here, things are opening a little bit more slowly, but I yeah. believe as of Wednesday of next week, things will be more normal. 
I would imagine living in a big city like you do is probably a little scary. It is, especially at first. <laughs> when things open, so is it like restaurants are going to be dining again? Mm, I think that some places with outdoor seating um, will be able to go with masks um, because you can distance a little bit better. I don't right. think there will be any indoor dining, though, just yet. Because, you know, here there's already indoor dining, most places. Which is, think, see, you know, Insane. seeing that is crazy, com- comparatively. Apparently, people uh, places are doing, like, 50% capacity, but every time I have driven past a restaurant, it's just been packed. Like, people are going out, they're not wearing masks. I was um, surprised being, you know, around the just seeing that other places really aren't wearing masks when here you know if you go to the grocery store there's not one person in there that doesn't have their mask on mm-hmm. but i've heard that it's, it's it's different you know other places i don't know i think the midwest has been pretty lucky so far as far as how many cases there have been they've been mostly contained but now that people didn't have to care as much as the people in you know those huge points really had to care and things are starting to open back up we're all going back out places i think we're going to see a surge like soon I wouldn't be surprised at all. I think that there's a pretty good chance of that happening. I just hope that it's, you know, a lot less lethal this time, mm. if there is one. Um, hopefully that now that we're not necessarily more ahead of it, but we're more prepared to I don't know. Are we? see that. I don't know. <laughs> Are we? Yeah. We didn't really get to talk about it last time, and I feel like this new normal that we're in is, I don't know, it's hard not to talk about. Things are different and have been for a long time now. Absolutely, and I think that while, you know, Getting really into a TV show is a nice temporary escape, and I think a necessary escape with everything going Mm -hmm. on right now. It's it's still important to stay informed and stay safe. So today we're here to talk about the second episode of Community. It's called Spanish 101. It was directed by Joe Russo, so half the team from the pilot. It was Mm -hmm. written by Dan Harmon again, and it originally aired on September 24th, 2009. Just like kind of broad strokes, I thought yeah. it was really funny. Yeah. There were a lot of jokes. I mean, I laughed out loud several times. Um, a couple of first looks at a couple of characters that mm. become staples, which was great. I think you also get a more in-depth look at one of my favorite characters in the show, so I like it. It's still kind of in that struggling to figure out exactly what kind of show it's going to be. It's not quite the, I don't know, toy box of homage that it becomes it's still kind of more on the typical sitcom side but compared yeah. to the pilot this episode was just so funny oh yeah so much it, funnier you could tell that they were you know a little more um i don't know just bold with the fact that they were just throwing jokes at you all over the place and the the timing's a little bit better mm-hmm. the one-liners that people slip in mm-hmm. you know are are a little sharper i like it yeah, even though these characters are still new and there's still a lot to learn about them, the second episode doesn't really have to worry about getting them all together. Or, I don't know, they still want to win us over, but they're all together already. They can hop right into it, and they do, and it works really well. I think pretty much every character of the main core group is served really well in this episode. I agree. There's some that are more than others, but I think everybody shines in this episode, and that's hard to do with as big of a cast this is in such a short episode. Absolutely, and to be doing it, you know, on the second episode already is pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, so I actually looked into uh, Ken Jong a little bit because this is the first episode that he appears in the show, mm-hmm. and in an interview that yeah, he did, friend of the talking, show, friend of the show, yeah, Ken Jong, friend of the show, Ken Jong, hit us with a, a like and a retweet on tr- yeah. Twitter. So you know, thanks for that. 
a joke, but nice yeah, thanks for that. It did mean a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. You know, it, it's 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 affirming and and exciting to know that, you know, at least they are. The They're seeing it. The show that we look up to are seeing it, and that's good. That so they know people appreciate the show, which is and, great. And Chevy, Chevy liked us oh, on yeah. Instagram, which is pretty awesome as well. Sorry to interrupt. I just had to name drop. People no, that's like, okay. It's super exciting. I know it we're, is. You know, big time now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, super. Um, so my buddy Ken was saying that uh, Dan Harmon had actually seen uh, an outtake from Knocked Up, um, which he was in, where Judd Apatow kind of gave him a free take to kind of play with. And um, after seeing that clip, he actually wrote the character of uh, Chang, Senior Chang, with Ken Jong in mind, um, which I thought was really cool and interesting. And it makes sense because it, it seems so him. Um, but he was talking about how Community was the first TV show that he had really done. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he was, you know, at that point doing a lot of improvisation. So the whole scene, I'm sure we'll talk about more, but the, you know, why do you teach Spanish scene was improvised, which yes. was pretty cool. I learned about but that apparently too. Like heavily improvised. Heavily. <laughs> apparently much to the chagrin of Dan Harmon, who did not like that. And he said he was actually furious about it because he had a kind of different plan for the way the scene was going to go. Um, and Ken Jong actually said that he stopped improvising pretty soon into it and just kind of trusted the the writing, and that actually made him develop more confidence in, in himself as an actor because instead of relying on improvisation, he was actually, you know, playing the role. Because before that, he had done movies, um, but hadn't had any really formal acting training um, and didn't have any major roles in the movies. They were more ri- minor. So he said that he credits a lot of his confidence in himself as an actor from uh, being on Community. Yeah, there's a big difference in TV acting and movie acting especially. Uh, you really have to be quick in TV. You have to tell those jokes fast. You have to get those character beats out fast because you only have so much time. Like there's only so many minutes in an episode of TV. There's so many characters. Each character can only get like so many seconds of relevance in an episode. Absolutely. And in a show where you're not one of the six main characters, mm-hmm. it's really hard to kind of get that point across. So to leave a lasting impact shows you know, how funny he he was on the show at times. Yeah, they talked about it on the commentary a little bit that when they first got Ken, the way to capture him was just kind of to let him go wild on something. And that, yeah, that opening Chang scene, they had like 45 minutes of footage where he, wow. where he just kept going and going and going. And we'll talk more that's specifically when we get to that part of the episode. But yeah, that's impressive. Oh, cool, cool. Wow, 45 minutes. I'm sure that a lot of it is probably pretty funny. Oh, yeah, it's got to be. Well, what's on the screen is hilarious. Yeah. (laughs) A couple of things I saw that I thought was interesting. So in the scene where everyone gets their partner for the project and they have Mm -hmm. the cards with the words and the images on them, the back of the card is the right colors for the Mexican flag, but it looks like the Italian flag. Yes, it does. <laughs> which is, is <laughs> got to be intentional. I thought that was funny. I think it is. Uh, when we talk more about the Chang scene, there's another thing in there that kind of points at Italy a little bit, which which made me laugh. The other thing was the commentary for this episode was a little bit all over the place. They weren't very... They were just talking all over each other. It was hard to get a lot from it. But something that was super interesting was that Chevy was in it. Mm-hmm. And he, really? said, he said a lot of Chevy stuff. Oh, no. <laughs> In the very beginning, they were like, you know, all introducing themselves. I think it was Joel and Dan Harmon and Joe Russo and Chevy. 
and they all introduce themselves and they're like chevy do you want to introduce yourself and he goes nah not really <laughs> oh no <laughs> that sounds absolutely like what chevy chase would be like and doing commentary they were talking about how important the second episode is to set up the feel of a show and they asked chevy hey do you ever think about stuff like this and he said they just give me lines and that's it so no <laughs> oh no do you think that there was already some uh, it sounds like it was contention. all in good humor but definitely mm-hmm. i could feel a little bit like dan Harmon tiptoeing his words around chevy a little bit when like talking about pierce i don't know it was interesting wow he also like he was like are we supposed to be talking during this why and he was <laughs> like oh i love so much what they did with my character on this show like really sarcastic it was interesting to listen to that was most of my takeaway from the commentary was all that Chang footage and Chevy just being Chevy. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be interesting to hear. I'd like to hear that sometime. So trivia? Do we have trivia? Trivia. That I was do. And one of my favorite parts last week. I have four. Oh, me too. Since, since I, you I had four, I felt like I had to have four. All right. Bing, bong, boom. I like it. Would you like to go first? Sure. Okay. Okay, and I tried to make them a little bit tougher this time. Just a little bit. Not all of them. Okay. Okay, what is the newspaper headline when Shirley and Annie are excited about their event being mentioned? Oh, crap. <laughs> um, I know it wasn't about them, of course. It was about Pierce going in there. It was like drunken... Oh, what was it? What was it? I, 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 I don't have it. It was Flaming Senior Alarms Campus. Flaming Senior Alarms Campus. That's good. That yeah, was a good one. Have you seen it? We did it, girl. Page three. It's up mostly about Pierce, but listen to that last paragraph. The incident occurred during a protest regarding events in Guatemala. Awareness! And this isn't the school paper, by the way. This is a real damn paper. There's a Marmaduke in there. Awareness! We did it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was good. That was good. Okay. My first one was, what was Chang's nickname in Spanish? El Tigre Chino. Nice. Yes, yes. Obviously, the legend. The legend himself. In Espanol, my nickname is El Tigre Chino. Ah! Okay, uh, how many Guatemalan murders on the banner at the event? 340. Was that one of your questions? That was one of mine, too, yeah. Okay, I kind of thought maybe. good. I know, I figured that either you would have the nickname one or that one. I tried harder this time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my second one. Okay. Why was campus security given binoculars? Oh, man. Oh, I remember that line. It's one of the Dean's things in the beginning. It was just mm-hmm. for added security or something i don't remember exactly what it, it was said. um to raise awareness for homelessness for the homeless or something like that <laughs> in order to increase awareness of homelessness security has been given binoculars oh <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay which cracked me up okay well my next question goes along with that opening dean thing mm-hmm. uh in the first line of the episode dean pelton makes three corrections to the fall class catalog what are they Ooh, okay, this was almost one of mine, at least if I can remember. It was, um, instead of cosmology, it's supposed to be cosmetology. Yep. Instead of astronomy, it's astrology. You had that backwards, but I'll let it count. Uh, flip around, yeah. And then the last one, oh. Think a little more broadly. It wasn't 
a class specifically. With no I'll class. give you a hint. Mm-hmm. It was just like the joke that he followed it up with. Oh. I actually don't remember. He said, and the students on the cover should be smiling, but I suppose that's a matter of opinion. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, I wouldn't have gotten that. That's good. Was that the last? Do you have another question? I do. I have a bonus okay. just in case. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. So this is in the same vein of what you asked. What are the other courses that Chang said that he's asked, like, well, why don't you teach this? Can you tell me how many there are since I gave you a hint? Um, Yes. There are three courses, and then there's another answer I will also accept. Okay, I know he says... Why not Matt? Why not photography? Why not martial arts? I mean, surely it must be in my nature to instruct you in something that's ancient and secret, like, oh, building a wall that you can see from outer space. Math, mm-hmm. photography, and martial arts. Yes. But what was and... the other thing? I want to figure it out myself if I can. Um... It's like the Dean thing, kind of a joke he makes immediately after. It's like the, what a, what a scrupulous man I am. That part? Mm-mm. I don't know. What is it? Um, I would have also accepted building a wall that can be seen from space. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. What was okay. your fourth one? My last question. What color were Jeff and Pierce's hats in their presentation? Oh. Um, at the beginning of it? Mm-hmm. The I think... conquistador hats. Oh, were they... Um... Okay. I keep seeing like the little pink hat, but it's not it's not that. Like they're conquistador ones. Yes. <laughs> um okay, I it's like the image is in my head. Are they green? One green? of them is. One of them's green. The other one's not pink. Is it yellow? No, the other one I would have accepted blue or purple. It was kind blue of Blue or a, purple. Okay. Yeah, it was kind of in that family. So are you ready? Do you want to hop into the episode? Yeah, let's get do right it. Into it. It was such yeah. a good one. I had so Take much fun off. revisiting this one. I watched it three times. Nice. It's really enjoyable. I, I could have watched it a third time for sure. I almost wanted to watch it one more time even. it's. It, I just really like it. And I, I kept picking up things every time. I oh, love, for sure. I love that just like the first episode, we keep continuing with the Dean kind of bringing us into the world. Um, just like the pilot... We only see the Dean in this first scene. Or I guess we don't see him at all. We just hear him talk. Don't see him at all. But all of his jokes are killer. Like, way funnier than his speech in the first episode. Oh, I agree. Very funny. And I think that just sets the tone to kind of what his role is early on in the show. Yeah. That he just comes and sprinkles a little bit of humor and goes on about his way. Yeah, I love the... And to whoever is growing a small patch of cannabis behind the gymnasium, <laughs> congratulations, you've won a cruise. <laughs> Please come to the office. <laughs> we see Jeff get out of his Lexus, which he, I assume, has gotten back from Duncan since all of the <laughs> test answers were bogus. And he opens up someone else's car door and takes their parking permit and puts it in his car. I don't know that that was in the Hulu episode. He, it, they don't really focus on it more than... It's while the dean is saying, congratulations, you've won a cruise. It's while all that's I going bet on. That that's what I, I bet that's why I missed it. He just swipes it, puts it on his car, and then we cut to everybody in the study room. Oh, nice. Well, I missed that one. Good on you. And everyone is 
just kind of putting up with the dean's speech or waiting mm-hmm. for it to be over i imagine everybody in the school is <laughs> oh yeah well he starts talking about the uh half the people think that the loudspeakers are too loud and the other half don't think that they should be there at all <laughs> more on that as it updates he says something <laughs> like that and yeah. everyone's kind of talking waiting for jeff to get there before anything serious happens this whole opening scene before the theme song is great i think it's so funny uh pierce hopping in with the tardy line to abed who just isn't phased at all at all uh troy's line about i don't know what if jeff and pierce are brothers i hope they didn't make you bathe together because one of you would have been 30 yeah (laughs) yeah And then when Pierce says to Abed, uh, sorry, Abed, after using the word tardiness, he, like, reaches out his hand, and Abed, like, reaches out back, and it's another really funny moment, kind of like them both saying woo in the first episode. I thought it was really funny how Abed's like, okay, he just goes with it. He doesn't care. Absolutely. He's just like, okay, I'm supposed to react this way. You got it. And everyone is really worried about Jeff showing up, if they should start without Jeff, and Britta brings up the guatemala situation which pricks up the ears of shirley and annie and i think this episode does annie shirley and britta pretty well i 100 percent agree i really like that um annie and shirley do their thing where they're mm-hmm. you know trying to do good as it mm-hmm. were in the world and britta you really get to kind of see some more layers of her character that develop and kind of start to strip away that typical love interest veil that she definitely has over her at the beginning and we see some kind of negative like um intentional negative characteristics of britta where she has a little bit of a superiority complex when it comes to her uh her political aspiration you know or her or her i don't know what the word i'm looking for is i'm trying to sound smarter than i am (laughs) (laughs) it's that's a pretty common thing where Britta is always like turning up her nose at other people's activism or she makes it seem like she's a savior when I don't know. I, I, this is like the beginning of what becomes a big part of her character. Yeah. I think that that, you know, the first thing that she kind of establishes about herself to she's all about honesty and she was in the peace corps and all this. And so that's kind of the, the hill that she puts herself on top of and this is just the the very beginnings of that hill slowly crumbling beneath her throughout the show but but i like i like the way that they do it where it's just a small glimpse of it right that only a couple characters see and it it was nice i like it it was a small moment that really builds her character and Annie and Shirley just automatically hopping up on, whoa, what's going on? How can we get involved? <laughs> How can, like, just that instant, like, I'm invested because I'm being told about something awful I've never heard about before. I think it speaks well to those two characters. I think that that tracks that they would be the type to maybe not know about what Britta's talking about and instantly be, like, right Super behind Super involved and yeah. get as into it as they did. And there's a really funny line where Britta is talking about what happened in Guatemala and Abed calls it a spoiler. Yeah. And Britta, it's such a nice moment between Britta and Abed with the... Hey, Abed, real stories, they don't have spoilers. You understand that TV and life are different, right? And Abed's like, meh. (laughs) He's like, well, you know. He's like, yeah, but I don't know. It's a perfect Abed 
face and reaction to the question. Like, he doesn't really even give it a time of day. He's like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, that, that was great. I thought that was a great kind of segue. Jeff shows up, and everyone's super excited. He's got this huge, like, hey, Fonzie sitcom entrance. <laughs> and he goes up to each member of the group, and they're obviously clearly smitten with him now. His his energy and his his charm has just totally won them over, even though Britta still kind of sees through it a little bit. Yeah, I, uh, it's hilarious, you know, especially because right after that... Um... Britta and Abed interaction. Jeff comes in in the most TV protagonist way possible. You know, milady, mm-hmm. my lord, and yeah, and that's everybody. like a, that's a running thing. The milady, my lord, is like a. Oh, is it? You know, they're like Jeff and Annie shippers. Yeah, I'll be the first to say I don't get super invested in the romantic pairings on this show. Mm-hmm. Um, when they're done well, I don't mind them, but they're people who ship. Jeff and Britta, people who ship Jeff and Annie and make like Instagram posts about it and like fan cams. I don't really. Oh, I believe it. I don't really feel that strong about it. I don't think the show was ever really trying to do like a Ross and Rachel, except for the point no. that they were trying to hook viewers and that's a way to do it. Uh, yeah, I think that they didn't really. They kind of intentionally didn't build it like that, that any of the relationships that did happen in the future were meant to last. Mm-hmm. And. That little moment where Jeff says "Milady" to Annie and Annie says lord that's like a shipper thing. And they say that a couple more times throughout the show, especially when there's a little bit more of a potential love interest between Jeff and Annie. And so that's a little noteworthy, just a cutesy interaction that Jeff's trying to impress everybody. But it, it later on becomes like a thing between the two characters. I also like, uh, what's he called, Pierce? Vitamin P. P. Vitamin P. Yeah. <laughs> a healthy dose of vitamin P or something like that. And Britta gives him the cold shoulder. She brings up on behalf of the group that everyone wants to talk about how Jeff's always late. But now that Jeff is here, the rest of the group doesn't want to complain about the cool guy in front of the cool guy. So (laughs) everyone's quiet. Jeff says, oh, I'm sorry, were you guys waiting? And everybody's like real quick, oh, no, no, Jeff, you do you, you do you. Yeah. Okay, so compared to the first episode, the asshole meter on Jeff in this episode is turned down a little bit. I I like Jeff more in this episode. This moment is one of the irkier moments where he's like, oh, usually for the first 30 minutes or so, you talk about your interesting social life or your cool emotional problems. And he wins everyone over when he's literally telling them that he doesn't care about them. So he shows up late. I don't know. Yeah. He like says how much more important he thinks his time is than listening to these people who are clearly friends around him. (laughs) Yeah, they all eat it right up, which is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But you also get, you know, one of the also patented Annie and Shirley. Aww. Oh, yeah. And I do like <laughs> Jeff's line about, you know, my life's just about as empty as this three-ring binder right here. Annie, you got some Spanish notes you could fill that up with. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. He leans back into his chair, takes a sip out of his soda, kicks his feet back. Everyone kind of laughs at him like he's a laugh track while Britta shrugs. Abed gives this nice nod of appreciation. And then it finally happens. For the first time, we get the community opening title sequence. Oh, yeah. So good. It just makes me so happy. Um, but, yeah, I was so excited that they played it uh, and to hear it because it's it's so good. It's so memorable. It's one of my favorite show openings across yeah, not, any genre ever not just the song but the animation that goes along with it it's super memorable it fits the show so well it's got that warm fuzzy feeling i love it so much 
Totally. I think it's it's just it's good all the way around. It's it's short enough that it's not, you know, taking away from the show, but it's also just catchy and and can't not put a smile on your face. Yeah, like you said last week, you can't miss it. You can't skip it. You got to watch it. This Every is kind. This is a total uh this is a total sidetrack. Did you watch the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt interactive special? I have not seen it yet. It's so cool. You get punished if you skip the main title sequence. <laughs> oh, really? Well, I have the, to do it and do that just yeah, to see this, what happens. Yeah, this, that's the fun thing about it is you want to do everything wrong so you can see all of the all of the ways stuff can happen, and then they take you back to make the right choice. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, anyway, the, the not skipping an intro made me think about how that show has such a great intro, and they literally punish you if you skip the intro in it. Rightfully really so. <laughs> Something of note about the theme song sequence in this episode is mm-hmm. a lot of the actors' names have little doodles next to them. And in Chevy's this episode, it's like a naked woman. But yeah. in the rest of the series, it's not. It's like a pair of lips and like dots and stuff. Really? And they mentioned it on the commentary. I think they were told they had to change it. I believe that. I think that the the naked woman was was fitting, but I understand why they would have to change that for TV, especially. And it wasn't super graphic or anything. It's kind of a blink and you miss it. But mm-hmm. it's the theme song. I can see why the network would be like, "Hey, let's let's not do that." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He he gets away with saying some stuff though, so at least they let that slide. So after the theme song, everybody's leaving the study, and there's this nice little runner in this episode that does kind of add to the chemistry between Jeff and Britta that I think is a little bit cute where Jeff gives her like a not fitting greeting card. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like a Transformers card for a bat mitzvah as an apology. <laughs> Britta accepts it, but she kind of still pushes it like in the first episode where she's like, you're manipulating these people's feelings and they care about you and they idolize you and you're treating them like less than your friends. Yeah, totally. And it, and it's her once again calling Jeff out on his douchiness. I think she even says that she has some sort of douchey meter or vision at some point. Douche ray yeah. vision or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, and, you know, she she sees in him right away. And Jeff really quickly says, "No, no, I love these people. They're my friends." And Abed comes up and says, "Do you want me to pull the car around for you?" <laughs> and he like gives him a puts him in a headlock and he gives him a nuggie. He's like, "Oh, silly Abed. No, I, you're my buddy. It's for you can go and scamp." I think it's pretty funny. I think this episode to this point, Jeff is still an asshole, but he's starting to become more of a lovable one. Uh, Joel McHale is really funny in this one. I think he's even funnier in this episode than he was in the first. I 100% agree. I think that you know, even though Jeff isn't my favorite character in the show, he definitely earns points in this episode uh, compared to the first one where he comes off as kind of a, a jerk the whole time. This one, at least, he you know starts to actually see value in the people around him, which is good. Yeah, and this episode gets a lot of mileage out of where we're going towards in the next scene, the Pierce and Jeff duo dynamic in this episode. They get a lot of mileage out of it um, to where it allows Jeff to be kind of an asshole, but he's a little bit justified, and we'll get to that later. Um, Because right now, at this point of the episode, Pierce comes up to him, and he's so anxious and ready for Jeff and him to be friends, (laughs) and he has the sausage party or sausage fest line that's really funny yeah 
Yeah, uh, my favorite part of that interaction was when he walks up and, and while discussing, uh, referring to Britta, he's like, oh, you go ahead and take her. I have less to prove. <laughs> 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 just, it, it's just such a Pierce line because, you know, in his mind, he's like, oh, well, you know, I could have brittles if I wanted, but <laughs> I'll let the, the whippersnapper. Jeff turns down Pierce's advance to hang out and walks away and there's a really weird little moment where uh, another student walks into the study room <laughs> and Pierce goes hey <laughs> he, he like makes like a mouth noise and like stares at her and she's like just a student just trying to walk in the study room she's got like a hijab on or like a head wrap <laughs> and she's you know to- totally covered but Pierce is just being Pierce in the commentary when that part happened uh, Chevy said, there's Ken Jong. Oh, and no. it didn't set right for me at all. And then a couple seconds later, they made it clear that like Chevy was in a different place than the rest of them, and he was watching the episode, and he was like a minute ahead of them. So <laughs> when that scene happened, he wa- he did see Ken Jong. So I thought it, I thought it was a possible like reason to cancel Chevy, but he he was just an old man and didn't know where they were in the episode. I think it's hilarious that they weren't lined up. <laughs> oh, good grief. That's funny. After that, hey, we cut back to this Shirley, Britta, and Annie storyline, which worked really well for me this episode. I agree. I, you know, don't always love Shirley things when, but like that, but um, I really liked this one. I think that it was kind of a girl's time to really raise all of their characters because they didn't get a ton of or at least Annie and Shirley didn't get a ton of play in the first episode so they really kind of get a little more screen time and a little more uh they give you a chance to get to know them and honestly they're still a little bit underformed we don't quite know them yet but Mm -hmm. this plot line does a lot for Britta's character and them being so directly involved with it helps a lot it makes the characters seem a little more familiar um in this scene, they, they mob up to Britta, and they haven't been able to drop that Guatemala, the horror that's going on in Guatemala, and they want to get involved. And mm-hmm. Britta, Britta's dynamic against them is what I think is one of the most interesting things in this whole episode, where they're, Shirley and Annie might be a little bit naive in this situation, but they're so earnest, and they want to help. And their idea to help is to do what they know, which is to like throw a party and have like brownies and like have a bake sale or something and Britta is so holier than thou like armchair politician that she (laughs) she like turns her nose up at it yeah it's it's you know it and I think that kind of is where she shows even before she you know admits to them uh the truth she very clearly is is kind of hipster about like oh you're doing it this way you know them trying to make an effort everything they're doing she's saying is wrong or it's disrespectful or you know something just to to kind of combat it and turn her nose up but like you said like she's thinks she's better than you know this kind of protesting as if her sincerity is different than their sincerity or her education makes her more sincere to the cause than others it's an interesting dynamic that the episode doesn't get too heavy with, but plays around a little bit. And I think it's thoughtful character work. I think they, I think it does a great work for Britta. I think so too, because especially as you get to know her better, it's very true to to form. Yes. And there's a funny, 
Shirley and Annie just get so excited about every little detail. And I don't remember if it was Annie or Shirley, but one of them is like, oh, we'll throw a candlelight vigil just like lesbians on the news. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. And after this, we get that legendary scene we were talking about, the introduction of Senor Benjamin Franklin Chang. <laughs> yes. In, in I mean... He has a real a lot of really great stuff, especially early on in the show. Um, I think he's at his best when he's you know in the classroom with them. But he, uh, it's just a perfect way for him to be introduced because, like we said earlier, it was him improvising, so it was really Kim Jong, you know, just embracing that character. Yeah. And I think he nailed it. Hilarious. And a lot of people say that. When you make a TV show, the pilot, the character and everything, it's on the writers and the directors. But then after the pilot, it's on the actors because now they're going to know those characters better than anybody. And they're going to know what their character is thinking or feeling in the moment better than the people writing or planning for them. And letting Ken have the freedom to kind of make it up from jump, I think is an Mm -hmm. interesting way to do it. I can see why that would have been frustrating for Dan who loves to have control over the story and it's so important to him but this scene is so funny it's hilarious (laughs) i don't remember it being this funny but everything he said made me laugh and yeah just from the very beginning that why do you teach spanish they say it just like that why do you teach spanish (laughs) and nobody's saying anything nobody's (laughs) nobody's really reacting everyone's just looking at him and this is my favorite type of cringe comedy. It's so good. He's, I mean, he's very clearly getting so worked up and upset, like almost like he's been preparing this speech. He, you know like he does time. this the first day of every semester, every year. <laughs> you know that this isn't really just him being unhinged. This is like planned out. Well, you know this probably isn't the first time he's given that speech to this group of people. <laughs> oh, yeah, because, yeah, it's definitely not their first day of class. No. They've been having it's, they're at least three weeks, weeks in. That's really mm-hmm. funny. I didn't even think about it that way. <laughs> it might legitimately be like a start of every week thing where he <laughs> he goes through this. There's so many funny, I don't know, everything Ken says is Chang is hilarious. His facial expressions are hilarious. The way he moves and gets in everybody's face is hilarious. The reactions from the crowd, like Jeff just looking at him like, like I don't know. It's just so funny. You've got to go watch it if you haven't watched it yet. Absolutely. It's 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 hilarious. And like you said, his facial expressions are so good because you see just like the anger and rage that burns inside him. But then just as fast as it kind of comes on, it comes off when he goes back to teacher mode. Yeah, Ken Jong has such a specific character acting type and he's really chaotic, but he does some really good work and I think he can be a little bit underrated. I don't think, even myself, I don't think I've quite paid enough attention to the way he plays Chang. Well, I think so, too, because I think that a lot of, you know, my thoughts on him, you know, my first exposure to him that I can think of, at least that I had of note, was in The Hangover. Right. Um, that's where I, like, really think of him, It was, like, The Hangover him, and, you know, like, from. Uh, Knocked Up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, regardless of what you think about Chang's character throughout the show and the writing for it, his portrayal of it and commitment to the role, you know, you can't overlook that. Well, that which I think I, a, I definitely do all the time. Such a hard role to play. They put Chang through so many different shades. He's like 
the sad divorced guy for a while. He's a teacher. He's a student for a while. He's a security guard. He's a dictator. <laughs> he has Changnesia. <laughs> And then he's a teacher again. They just make him do so many different things. And even if some tracks better than others, Ken always, like, delivers. He always, like, completely delivers no matter what. Yeah. And this scene is great. It's probably... I don't know. This scene might be my favorite of this whole episode. It might have made me laugh harder than anything else did, I think. I think so. I think that it, it's a definitely a highlight for me, and if not the best scene, one of the top two or three. I said it last week about a scene with Jeff and Duncan, but this scene is almost now the first scene that feels like community, like of what I know community to be, and it's a little bit more the chaotic comedy. It's so funny. We see Starburns for the first time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the man, the myth, the legend. Comprende Starburns. In true Starburns fashion, he's just, you know, lean back in the chair. Starburns looking as wonderful as always. They mention in the commentary, the guy who plays Starburns is a writer for their community. And he, the only reason they had him do it was because they weren't going to be able to hire like an extra or a bit actor who would be willing to spend as much time as it took to get the Starburns on him each time he (laughs) needed to be on set. So they just had a writer do it because no one else was going to do it. Starburns is in this episode for five seconds, and I'm sure that took an hour to put together. (laughs) Which absolutely nobody would do that for the pay that an extra would get, you know, especially on the second episode of a TV show. Yeah, maybe I misheard this, but it seemed like they said that he grew a beard so they could, like, either make the stars out of his beard or so they could, like, cut the stars out of his beard. I don't know. That's impressive. This, if that if that if that's legit, that's impressive. The image of Starburns is one of those. I don't know. Watching this for the first time, it was one of those things where I was like, "Oh, this is what kind of show this is going to be." I'm on board, <laughs> right? Because it's so random, but still funny for some reason. Yeah, that you char- can't quite pinpoint. <laughs> the character comes back and does more in the future, but he's just here for a little joke, and then he's gone, and it's really funny. Mm-hmm. And I. It, I think it paid off. I mean, because I love Starburns throughout the show, and I love whenever he's included. Okay, so Chang talks about the Spanish project. We're partnering up. That's going to be an important part of the episode. And he closes out the class with that really funny, now what do we say at the end of every class? Do you remember? Uh, Hasta luego. (laughs) While waving his arms around. And then he's like, and remember, 90% of Spanish is the hands. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which i thought was another pull to how i think he might be confused with italian but because <laughs> yeah. it was almost like a family guy that kind of where... accent <laughs> yeah You're it so sounds right. like he's doing the babidi boopy thing from family guy it's exactly what i thought of and after he says the thing about the hands in the back of the class you can see abed just put both hands straight up <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh which is in perfect abed fashion he's like oh spanish boom got it <laughs> This episode does a lot for me because when I usually watch Community lately, it's been a long time since I've rewatched it like we're doing now, I'll pick out an episode that I want to watch. Mm-hmm. And it's never one of the like regular school episodes that I pick out watching. It's always like the Dungeons and Dragons episode yeah. or like a holiday special. And 
watching through the show, some of my favorite stuff is the more grounded people out of school. And you get a lot of this in the first season, and I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, I think um, it's very easy, at least for me, to forget that that's what, you know, it centers around is a bunch of people that were in a Spanish class together, you know, in a study group. You know, so I, I'm really yeah. looking forward to seeing more classroom stuff, more storylines that are a little less, you know, grand. While those are great, you know, the paintball episodes and the Dungeons and Dragons especially I'm fond of. Um, but those, you know, kind of wild adventure episodes aren't the core of the show, you know. Or, I don't know, uh, people involved with the show have said before that a lot of people misappropriate community as a show that just does parodies. Which is kind of an insult to the show. Yeah. Because it does a lot of character work underneath it and they use the homage to inform that it's not just like epic movie or something it's not just parody for the sake of being parody it's thoughtful storytelling and they they really like to play around with the structure yeah i think think people wrote it off as lazy when it was something next level yeah i 100 percent think that it's it's definitely more than you know doing a one-off skit or something like that there right. there's there's purpose behind it and they use it kind of as a as just a, a different lens to, to right. view these things through. And all this goes to say that I love the episodes that we're watching now that are, the sense of humor is there, but we're seeing more of the day-to-day school life. And that's something in the later seasons that I think it misses out on. I think the later seasons are a little, since they're shorter seasons, they're heavier on the homage episodes and there are less of these grounded episodes. So I really like them while we're watching them i'm interested to see how different it feels and to even kind of kind of notice you know if the switch starts to happen before dan left or whether it's just you know season four it's a stern jump or whether it's gradual i'm kind of curious oh it's it's definitely like season two dabbles a lot with those episodes but they're the best ones Mm -hmm. And then season three, they go a little bit heavier on it because they were so successful in season two. And then season four did it, like, wrong. So then season five and six were like, this is how you really do it. (laughs) Nice. After Chang ends the class, we get a really funny interaction where it's clear to Jeff that Abed is going to be Britta's partner, and he wants to make a switch. Jeff's trying to offer him money, Mm -hmm. and Abed just plainly after every time is like, no, 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 I don't want money, I want your shirt. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> I saw something, like, um, a post on Twitter or somewhere that, I don't know if it was Danny Pudi tweeted this as Abed, or there looks like an Abed account that tweeted something that was like, just saw the coolest shirt at registration. Um, and it must have been like in promotion for the show or something. Um, yeah, I don't think it was Danny Pudi. Yeah. I think it was like the network set up Twitter accounts for the characters to promote. Yeah. So it was when Twitter was new. Mm-hmm. But that, that is pretty clever. I've seen a couple of things like that. Yeah, I thought that was really neat. And and that kind of made me look forward to this episode, especially because I was like, oh, yeah, I'm excited to see that interaction. I remembered it being funny, but I I forgot how funny Abed's delivery is in it because it's clear his focus the whole time. When he realizes that Jeff wants something, he's like, I'm about to get this shirt. <laughs> so we cut, and it's a really funny cut to where now Jeff is in that blue striped shirt. He thinks that he got what he wanted out of this, but... As he's trying to prove to Britta that he honestly is her partner, she's willing to admit that she lied, and (laughs) she traded, and 
she's not her partner anymore. <laughs> so Jeff had to give up his shirt for nothing, and he is stuck with Pierce as his partner. Which is so funny because it would have been so easy for this show to just say, okay, now they're partners, and the episode is him trying to win her over through that. But I think it was so much funnier to run with the Pierce, you know, pain, mm-hmm. painfully trying to be friends with Jeff. Mm-hmm. Because and have the, the romantic cool subplot just be a undercurrent rather than the, the drive. Exactly. So Jeff is just, oh my god, with Pierce being his partner, and Pierce is like, hey, nice shirt, want to sell it? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and that would have been where a commercial break would have been afterwards. We're with Jeff and Pierce in the study room alone. And it just slam cuts into Pierce giving like his life history or like telling like his story to Jeff about the. He's like, I know you want to know all about the Moist Towelette business. He's <laughs> like, and trust me, it's nothing like the product. <laughs> I I laughed really hard because it's very clear that Jeff said absolutely nothing to warrant Pierce bringing up the moist towelette business. Yeah, as far as we know, this is the very first thing either of them have said since they got there. <laughs> Which I would 100% believe. And we learned that Pierce believes that he has a condition called hypervirility. <laughs> I'm not sterile. In fact, it's a rare condition called hypervirility. Apparently my sperm shoot through the egg like bullets. <laughs> can you believe that? I can't, uh, but you can, so that's fine. In which, really, he's sterile, <laughs> but he believes that his sperm is so powerful that it blasts through the female's egg and cannot <laughs> impregnate anyone. <laughs> that is such a genius bit of writing of the type of deluded Pierce is what he thinks of himself versus what actually is kind of like mac yeah on it's always sunny absolutely he has this picture of himself that nobody sees other than him and it's so important to him to make sure everybody sees it even if he doesn't actually know how to do it Mm -hmm. well I, i have a question for you okay you know and i'm bringing this episode up specifically because of the recent um the only other community thing I've seen recently was the table read that they did. Right. And in that episode, um, a lot of the characters are given a canister full of Pierce's semen. Oh, I didn't think about it that way. Right? But if he's sterile... Okay, okay. <laughs> if he... But if he believes... If he believes, though... It's the power, <laughs> the, the power and speed of his sperm, maybe he thinks if it's implanted and not shot <laughs> that, that they have a chance well yeah because a, a mere turkey baster could never match the power of one pierce hawthorne couldn't even try the, fer- the, the ferocious nature so enough about chevy's penis um the the next part uh, you know uh, pierce breaks out the bottled liquor for Jeff and him, and Jeff just wants to do the project, get it over with. It just has to be five Spanish sentences. And I was in a college Spanish class. It really is that easy. You type in your five sentences in the Google Translate. <laughs> you do it with your buddy, and it's over. That's it. We, I remember I had to do like this exact assignment, and it ended up being like we were talking about a Star Wars movie that had just come out because we could say like the full Star Wars title in English 
in Spanish. Oh, nice. <laughs> Donde but Pierce is so desperate for this to be not just a Spanish project. This is the first time that we see Jeff and Pierce together, and they are like a duo for the ages. That's it, it's absolutely true. It's it's so funny because, um, like you said, it literally is just that easy. You type five sentences into Google Translate and then you're done. You know. Also, a little fun fact here, Zach. Um, yes. And for any Scotch fans out there, the bottle that Pierce pulls out is actually a bottle of Glenlivet Scotch whiskey, which is a very good Scotch whiskey if you like Scotch whiskey. Hemingway's Lemonade. Hemingway's Lemonade, exactly. I didn't uh, research whether Hemingway actually liked that whiskey, but I, I, I liked the joke. Here's a fun fact for you, then. <laughs> um, so Jeff is just trying to get this over with, and he starts spouting out, he starts to start their work, and Pierce is like, oh, no, no, no. We can't go from this. He explains what I've just said, how, he's so, how it's got to be this big production. And he goes up to the chalkboard and says... Well, first you have to ask yourself, what is a story? <laughs> and, draws and he draws a, a big circle on the board. Uh-huh. That is Dan Harmon taking a cut at himself. Oh, really? The Dan Harmon story circle is like a real thing that's like trademarked. You could read tons of articles about it. Writers study this. And it's basically Dan's like version of the hero's journey where every story he tells has like a circle to it that he follows step by step. And each character within the story follows the same circle in, like, every episode he writes, every TV show, every movie he does. And it's genius, but it's also a little crazy. Wow. And that is him. He Dan wrote this episode. That's him taking a cut at himself when Pierce draws that circle on the chalkboard and says, what is a story? That's hilarious. I never... That's... Ooh, that was a fun fact. So now we get back to that... B plot that I enjoyed so much more than I expected, and Annie and Shirley have got everybody really psyched about Guatemala. They're selling brownies. They've got T-shirts. I didn't see anything while watching this that confirms it, but I believe I remember reading that the picture on their T-shirt is like a staffer from the show. Oh, really? I can't remember what the guy's the, name like, was supposed to be, but that's funny. The like warlord or whatever. Yeah, that they have and. Britta is just disgusted. Everyone's got balloons. They're eating brownies. Everyone's chanting, we hate Guatemala. Yeah. <laughs> totally, totally missing the point. And I like that it doesn't say, like, <laughs> they're, like, 340, like, Guatemalans murdered. It says yeah. 340 Guatemalan murders. And that also gave me a little laugh. Yeah, and everybody's dancing and having a good time. <laughs> and I lied. We actually do see Starburns again. He's breakdancing. Oh, really? I didn't And Britta turns off the boombox and says, stop, Starburns. Oh, and yeah. And Britta's still, she, she's on that high horse that she can't get down from. <laughs> and Annie tells her the idea for the candlelight vigil, which is a really great idea. Like, totally something that Britta could have come up Absolutely. with. Absolutely. But she sees all of the all of the grandeur, all of the attention-seeking stuff that they're doing now and is so put off by it that she can't see the good idea Annie is giving her. And Britta says, this is one of my favorite lines in this whole plot, uh, Britta says, well, this isn't the way I would do it. Like, not meaning it to sound that way. And Shirley's like, we know it's not how you would do it because we're doing everything the way we would do it. Exactly, which 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 kind of is a bit of a wake-up call for Britta almost. Yeah, and I think... Now is as good of a time as any to discuss that, like, the issue here is relevant. Yes. 
Absolutely. Um, I think with everything going on right now in the world and all the protests, you know, um, this episode obviously is kind of a light, you know, joking look at, at how protesting goes. But um, in all reality, with everything going on in the world right now, if you are out protesting and speaking your voice and standing up for rights and, and, and really fighting for justice, just be safe, um, be with a group of people and, you know, just try and, and be smart with what you're doing so that you can make it home. And for my tirade, before I get back into connecting this ep- to the episode, obviously this episode doesn't have anything to do with Black Lives Matter. But because that's what we're all thinking about right now, it just has to be said that Black Lives Matter, uh, fuck every cop, even the good ones, because they're letting stuff like this happen. Let's move on. Whether, whether, whether this that I'm saying now makes it in or not, I, I do really appreciate that you and Lily are, are you know, on, on the right side of things and standing up and, and saying stuff. So just like outside of the podcast as a friend, I really appreciate that. That's kind of, it's almost like trying to be a white person who is doing the right thing in a situation like this, no matter what you're doing, it feels like the wrong thing because it's still privileged. Mm-hmm. And when I like post something on Facebook or when I say something about outspoken about it, it's still like the wrong thing to do because I'm never going to have to experience I don't know it's so hard to know what to do for anybody and there is no right thing to do we just all need to talk about it well and I like that because I feel like from a position of of privilege when you have that if you can acknowledge that it exists and you acknowledge that there's nothing you can do about the fact that it exists so what you can do is use it um, as a pedestal to speak up for those who don't have it I think that's the best thing you can do and I think that's what what I see you doing and, and a lot of other people that I consider friends and close to me in my life, and I really, it means a lot. Well, yeah, that's what we talked about right before recording this, is whether or not we should say something, and I do feel like it, even if it has nothing really to do with what we're doing, having a platform to say something and not saying something is just as bad as being on the opposing side. Absolutely. Absolutely. So there you go. There you go. To, Boom. To tie that back into the episode this is a white person speaking to other white people, I think we can learn a lesson from how Britta is unwilling to appreciate the support that uh, Shirley and Annie are giving because I do see a lot of people that want to be social justice warriors, but they want to be like the best at it. And they want it to be like what they're seen as when that's so not the point. Absolutely. It's, 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 it's almost like that, um, that hero sense that people get when they, you know, post a bunch of pictures on a mission trip somewhere, uh, you know, and, and whereas, you know, while you're doing good, that's not what you're highlighting. You know, it's, it's not about you. It's about the people who can't do it and don't have a voice. Yeah. And Shirley says it right as they catch Britta on what she's doing and says, Sounds like somebody has the case of likes to use fringe politics to make themselves feel special, but doesn't actually ever want to do anything. Itis. No, I do things. I I went to... I don't do anything. What can I do? We all want to do something, but so many of us are not doing anything because of getting tied up in these details that don't matter about like, am I doing the right, right thing? And am I looking the right way while I'm doing it? Let's just do it. You know, (laughs) let's just all get together and do it. Absolutely. That being said, don't forget everybody. If you have a problem with the way things are, go vote. 
because not voting is the same as sitting there and complaining about it without taking any action. So don't don't yes. don't be a Brita here, friends. Be a be a be an Annie, <laughs> a Shirley, if you will. Be a Starburns, even breakdance to the polls. I know I will. And we and even. Uh, this is so, I so don't want this to be a political podcast. Because I know, right? <laughs> the whole the whole reason to do this was to do something positive in a time when like I'm stuck at home all the time, and it's easy to focus on the negative. Um, but that being said, yes, do go vote. And if you're not happy with our federal government, but get mad when your voice isn't heard when you vote, get involved with your local government. Get involved with the radicals and the game changers on a local level because those are the people that if we put them in power they're going to be able to make our voice heard on a federal government level. So regardless of who you side with or what you believe, get involved locally. People don't do it enough. Absolutely. 100% agree. I was thinking this whole time that this episode was just going to fly by, but we're not even halfway through. No, we're not. We were, we, were, we were on such a good pace. And <laughs> yeah. yeah, but a good conversation, important conversation. I agree. I think it's it's one that needs to be had, and it's one that I think that everyone should have, you know. To get to the direct opposite of this and go back to Jeff and Pierce's supposed-to-be Spanish conversation, <laughs> we cut back to the two of them in the study room, and that circle on the wall has become this huge conspiracy spread of whatever Pierce has come up with. And there's crumpled up papers all over the place. The bottle they were drinking is empty. Pierce's so like zonked <laughs> and pierce is like what do you think and jeff goes the beautiful line about well i think we've got something that's i don't know exactly how he says it well we have something uh in incredibly long and uh, very confusing and a little homophobic and really really specifically surprisingly and gratuitously critical of israel and it's called Two Conquistadors, should probably be Dos, I mean it is a Spanish class. Oh, which reminds me, the only thing not included in this epic are the five phrases required to get me a passing grade. So I made a, a little connection in my head here watching this. Um, I know you know this, but a lot of people uh, probably also know that Dan Harmon had, you know, at least a little something to do with Rick and Morty, if you're a fan of that. And in... I'm, I'm not familiar with it. Is, <laughs> ah, is that a, a book? It's a... Uh... <laughs> television program that airs on hmm. the Adult Swim branch of the hmm. Cartoon Networks. Cartoon Networks still around? like regular Cartoon Network, right? Yeah. Well, I don't around. know how to swim, so <laughs> I don't know uh, if I'll be able to act. I don't know if I'll be able to access it. Oof. <laughs> There's no way we could let ourselves get even more <laughs> off topic than we already right? are. Right. So Rick and Morty. Uh, they're one of my favorite episodes of the show is a heavily ad libbed episode. Um, called interdimensional cable now in that episode there's a a vignette a, a bit if you will um called two brothers which as soon as oh, i yeah. saw two conquistadors and the nonsense that ensued it, it had kind of took me to that dan Harmon moment i wonder if you know that was a if, if two brothers was a subtle little nod <laughs> to two conquistadors and how it made no sense and was nonsense or if and it were to the genius totally of two unrelated things right Rick and Morty using improv in a heavily animated, thought-out science fiction comedy. They do great with pairing up that not-clean, improvised audio where they're breaking and laughing during it and matching it up to this high-production animation. It's amazing. It's uh, so funny. And yeah. 
that episode is one of my favorites of that show. But that's not the show we're talking about. You're right. The we're here to talk about similar... Candy Crush Saga, hosted by Mario Lopez. Much like how Pierce and Jeff, all they have to do is come up with five Spanish sentences. All we have to do <laughs> is get through nine more minutes of this episode of Community. <laughs> While they're working on Pierce's magnum opus, um, Troy and Abed walk in. And what a beautiful moment. Oh. In an episode where Troy is the most underserved character, every time he speaks something like his line in the beginning about showering with their 30-year-old brother... Everything he says in this one is really funny and true to Troy. And we're it's happening in the background of what this episode is focusing on. But Troy and Abed are becoming a thing. Yeah, there's a couple a couple great moments with them in this episode. And it's really cool to, to get to see the, the beginnings of what we know becomes, mm-hmm. you know, a beautiful friendship. Both in the concept of if this show was real and the characters are real, seeing the people find each other. And on the other side of production things, seeing the writers and producers and directors finding like how much how much money there is in this pairing how how they have no idea what they've got in front of them and it's starting to show itself yeah hilarious absolutely great because it's and it's not even like they're doing anything crazy they just literally walked in and had a small spanish conversation i mean abed has the the joke about putting some miles on the shirt you know (laughs) that very clearly is too big for him but it's 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 funny and then as hard as it is for Jeff and Pierce to get through what they're getting through, how easy it is for Troy and Abed to be like, oh, yeah, I guess we'd have to do our project. And they just spout it out like nothing. 30 seconds. Done, the way <laughs> done. it should be. And that kind of sets Jeff off of his edge when he starts throwing away all of Pierce's stuff, starts kind of talking in his face about how, you know, what, I'm done with this. We're going to leave. Go home. We're coming up with the five sentences and we're going to do this tomorrow. And Pierce gets really mad and defensive, and his feelings are hurt because he's just trying to impress Jeff. But let's talk about this. This is what I mentioned earlier, where Jeff's justified here. I think so. I My biggest contention with this episode is that it really tries to make you kind of feel for Pierce. But I don't necessarily feel bad for him. I mean, I'd be ticked, too, if I were an adult attending community college to just get back to my job and someone were making my life infinitely more difficult than it would be with any other person. And even to give it that real world aspect, I get why the other people in the study group feel bad for Pierce and why they want Jeff to fix things. But Pierce just isn't doing what they were there to do. They've been there for hours. Jeff has has entertained him for a very long time and it's time to be done. He kind of breaks. He says a couple jerky things, but none of it stings the way like his cut to Abed last week. I get it. Pierce is being annoying. And also, Jeff is ready to go outside and impress Britta where this this, uh, vigil is happening, and he's going to miss his chance with this girl, which is the only reason why he's working with Pierce in the first place, because Pierce won't stop. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I think that any, you know, normal person would probably have a similar reaction to what Jeff did. So Jeff walks out. There's this really funny thing where he puts a tape over his mouth, grabs a candle, pays a guy to take his sign, and shows up right next to Britta. And is like, oh, hey, you're here? Wow, you you come to this too? You know about this cause? So Jeff barely has a second to try to impress Britta. And it's kind of starting to work a little bit when Pierce, drunken, staggered Pierce, limps out of the room to call out Jeff in front of everybody. And... This scene is 
the one complaint I have with the episode. It's cringy and it's not funny. I you're staggering out. This vigil that Annie and Shirley and I assume Britta put together is really nice. And Pierce comes out and ruins it. I guess that's the joke. But the way that they do it, I don't think it's that funny. I think Chevy's drunk acting isn't the best in this scene. And it's just a little cringy. And then he gets caught on fire. I think that's a little too cartoony. Troy and Abed, like, ripping off the tape, talking side of their mouth. Even that, that joke didn't really land. That felt a little cartoony. Yeah, I agree. I think that it... It just didn't land. That's just, I, honestly, it was just a miss. I think that, you know, you can do physical comedy well in a sitcom and it worked, but I think this just wasn't one of those times. And yeah, you could do, I mean, the things that they tried to do in this scene and, and they can be funny. I just think that this just was a miss. This whole little chunk, literally from like... Here until they do the presentation. Absolutely. Just about. But the good thing is... It feels like the end of the plot lines, they're tying it all together, and it doesn't quite land. But it's not the end of the episode. There's a few minutes after this that bring it back around to make it really satisfying. Um, The one thing that I do love out of this exchange is Jeff is trying to get Pierce to calm down and back away and stop making a scene of himself. Pierce, I got an idea. Why don't you go get a cup of coffee and hold some waitress hostage with a monologue about your sperm? I'll show you some sperm, buddy. Your idea? What the hell? I just think... (laughs) I just think that's a pretty funny Pierce line. But that that's the only good. thing out of this whole scene that makes me laugh. It's not that funny. And it was the first time I was almost playing into the Jeff Britta dynamic, wanting to see where this was going. And yeah. And it, and it kills it immediately. It's the one moment that drops. But it's over fast. And now we're back in Chang's classroom, which is where we get that. Shirley and Annie are so excited that they're their vigil was mentioned in the newspaper even though it was just an article about pierce being caught on fire and making a distraction yeah i uh my little favorite point of this because like i said i i understand where you know so we kind of talk about that and britta talks a little bit about you know how pierce was just looking for friendship and acceptance and family and all that my favorite part of it is when they're talking about you know pierce's negatives and uh troy goes that dude is crazy he told me girls have two pee holes <laughs> that that's, one always exactly <laughs> that's another really good troy line that he doesn't get to do a lot in this episode but when they give him the camera for a second he eats it up and he says something hilarious and i wouldn't be surprised if that line is improvised i wouldn't imagine that he'd probably do like several different takes and he'd try out the scripted line and then try out a couple of other things and they'd go with whatever was funniest and that was probably what was funniest mm-hmm I also like, just before that, they put a button on the Annie Shirley Britta plot when they're talking about the newspaper where Britta, they're so excited they were mentioned, but Britta's still like, well, it's hard to be excited or to feel like you've done something when there's still so much more awful going on in the world. And Annie and Shirley are right behind her to jump onto the next thing. Like, what are we going to tackle next? And I think that's really sweet and builds a good friendship dynamic between the three of them. I do too. They all kind of high five at the end of that too. It shows that they kind of have each other's back and have formed like a kind of group within the group, which I think is important to the fact that the characters are able to kind of go off in any combination and have uh, something that's worth watching. There are a lot of funny lines in there where they're talking about Pierce. Annie says something funny about, I've seen the face of dementia once and last <laughs> night I saw it again. And everyone's making Jeff feel a little bit bad for... To, for bailing on Pierce, and even though Jeff was in the right 
to be annoyed by Pierce and want to leave that situation. Pierce walking into the classroom all sad, putting the hat on by himself, and Chang being like, this guy's crazy. It is sad. <laughs> and you do kind of feel for Pierce because he is just a pathetic old guy that wants a friend. And that's a hard person to deal with because you want to be a friend, but you don't want to be a friend with someone who is like, I don't know. They, yeah, it's tough. Pierce is a complexly drawn character when he could have just been a buffoon to where, I don't know, you want him to have a friend, but he's just so in the wrong all the time. <laughs> That's what it is. You, you almost need his friend to be somebody who's so pure and noble that they have to deal with and overlook that. But Jeff is just not that guy. You know, he 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 tries to be, and he does, you know, end up doing if you want to call it the right thing or doing the, the kind thing. And well, and he's so close to getting out of it because Chang offers him a C. He's like, the humane thing to do would be to make Pierce do it by himself and to give you a C, which I'm sure is all Jeff wants. All he wants well, is in a the, C. Well, at the beginning of the episode when they're doing the kind of cool guy entrance, he gives that one-liner that Abed even goes, ooh, nice line, or something take like that. Take to get a C around here or <laughs> yeah. something like that. Yeah. What does it take to get a guy a C around here? Abed says, nice line. Jeff's like, thanks, buddy. I did it for you. Yeah. <laughs> but we don't have time to go through what we've missed already. I know. <laughs> There's an interesting line at the opening of the show where the, the dean breathes in between a couple of words, and I really, it's an interesting choice to leave that in. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, honestly, I feel like we missed a couple things in the pilot. So about 11.33 in the pilot, <laughs> Jeff. Okay, so Jeff is so close to getting out of this. And he just can't do it. He sees how sad Pierce is. He wants Britta to like him. His heart is starting to soften just the tiniest, tiniest bit. So he speaks up and says, That doesn't sound fair to me at all. Pierce, I understand if you don't want to be my friend. But this thing that we've created, it is bigger than the both of us. And it deserves to be done right. And there's that awesome interaction where, okay, um, guys, why are there costumes involved? These are short conversations. They're not supposed to take your breath away. <laughs> your breath away. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was a good line. There's not a lot to talk about other than how funny and flawless that montage of Jeff and Pierce is. They both dedicate so hard. Jeff's faces are so funny. The variety of costumes are so funny. Chang's watching them reactions are so funny. I also really like the horrified expressions of quite literally everyone else in the room other than Abed. Yes. <laughs> Troy's face is also very funny. Yeah, Abed's all into it. That's one of my favorite parts of this whole thing, too, is he's so entertained. He's the only person that would want this out of... He gets it. Yeah. He totally gets it. Absolutely. The song that they use during the scene is by Amy Mann and it was used in a movie that I really like called Magnolia and it's that movie is a really melodramatic serious film so to have it used in this context is very funny Amy Mann did the soundtrack for that film so it was like a song for the film nice so it's really funny to see it in this context (laughs) that's that's really funny I'd heard of Amy Mann but I didn't know that she that the song was from that movie and when they when they pull Annie Oh my god, and have her tied up in the <laughs> with the feather. I love that it just sparks my imagination of like what's going on <laughs> vocally in their skit and how they got her out of her desk too tied up in this boat. And then 
afterwards annie's like covering her eyes watching the rest of it back in her seat and abed's right next door still like this is good this i is also great. love that one this is all in spanish which <laughs> is is great or it's at least supposed to be in spanish and it's yeah that's the thing in the commentary they mentioned like they did it like this because it wouldn't be funny to watch them do it because it's all spoken in spanish yeah. but i feel like it's probably not I feel like it. I feel like it's almost funnier if it's not because you know they don't know. They the don't Spanish. know the Spanish. And, they didn't spend any time working it? on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this was totally just probably Pierce ranting with these costumes and Jeff deciding to have fun with it and follow along with. It. And they probably like tried to speak Spanish but didn't know most of the words that they needed to say. So funny. They finish with sparklers. Everybody's dumbfounded except for Abed, who goes into claps. <laughs> I th- just like how I said earlier, how Starburns was one of those moments where I was like, "Oh, this is what type of show this is going to be." Another moment is Pierce and Jeff waving those two flags. <laughs> oh my god! The Israel flag, and honestly, I don't know what the other flag is. <laughs> it was the is. Palestine flag. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. okay. And um. They're, they're wearing fairy wings, and they're just <laughs> triumphantly waving these flags. And that was one of those moments where I was like, oh, this is what this show's going to be. I am so down. Because you know that, like, all we know about that production was that it was slightly homophobic and pretty aggressive against Israel. <laughs> so the fact that they're standing there waving the flags... <laughs> Cannot this be was absolutely the good. episode and moment that I was like, this show is special. The show is weird and different and still warm because it's still all about friendship. You know, Jeff doesn't get the grade in the end, but he makes it up to the people that are going to be important to him while he's stuck here. Absolutely. And the thing I love about Community is a lot of those shows that have that, that mean, sarcastic sense of humor, they don't have the love behind it. You know, shows like It's Always Sunny hilarious but there's no heart somehow the show manages to make it so gooey without being cheesy and also still being so smart and biting with its humor and this scene just is a great example absolutely it's it's really does a great job of showing that you know two people who you know three weeks ago were strangers and really three days ago still weren't close you know that you can do an act of kindness uh (laughs) For them, and speaking of the not getting the grades, when Chang looks over and goes F F minus, the thing S, the, the S, S that made me laugh so hard the second time because the first time I laughed, you know, when when he said the F minus and F, and I kind of didn't catch the S, and the second time when I heard him go, "Did you say S?" I laughed so hard because <laughs> <laughs> it's such a Pierce, just so old and confused. Oh, uh, Joe Russo on the commentary said that he thinks it's one of the best improvs of the season, and I might not disagree. I don't know what all is improv and what isn't, but that's a really funny line to just say. Hilarious. It was just, it was so quick and so, like, just spot on. Let's bring it home. Jeff didn't get the grade, and honestly, he didn't really even get the girl. There's more warmth between them now, but she's like, there's no way anybody can look at you sexually after what just (laughs) happened in that classroom. And... This scene does a lot for me. The Britta-Jeff dynamic is developing. I care for it a little bit. I'm starting to see why Jeff is pining after her and why there's a little bit of a playfulness between them more than just the base character scenario. Totally. It's nice. It is nice. End of the episode where Jeff gets a moment of triumph knowing that Britta looked back at him, but Pierce interrupts it 
and <laughs> comes right behind him and instead of like thanking him for what he did or really realizing what Jeff has just done for him, he's like, You did an all right job <laughs> and he's like, Now here, <laughs> walk notes. with me. I've got a couple notes for you. <laughs> for their next performance (laughs) and that's how the episode closes out save for something we'll discuss here in a second okay good (laughs) this this episode tells a really good story with the a plot and the b plot and connects them well at the end ties everything really well together whereas the pilot was kind of more a bunch of skits or little vignettes that wove together to introduce this world this just feels like a solid episode absolutely i think it's it's kind of them setting the tone for what the best of the show is going to be, especially in the first season and getting into the second season, I think that they really kind of set this tone for what their like bar is uh, for what a really good episode of Community can be. So what we get after the end of the episode, I want to hear your take on this. We get the absolute classic. It's the very first time we have a scene that goes on during the end credits. And whenever Community does this in the end of each of its episodes for now until the end of the series, they're almost always golden. They're almost always money. And this one is the first one, and it's one of the most recognizable and famous ones. And I wanted to hear a little bit of what you think about, like, why? What is it about this rap with Troy and Abed in Spanish that's so amazing? Well, at least for me, there's a couple different reasons why it's, like, so especially special to me. I think that my favorite part of the show is this. It's the Troy and Abed interactions. It's the little things they come up with that are just so funny and so creative. And they're so, like, them, you know? And I think this is exactly that. Because, one, it's, you know, it's Troy rapping, which I'm always here for. Because who doesn't love a little pre-Childish Gambino, Childish Gambino, you know? Uh <laughs> or at least early Gambino type stuff, but it's him rapping in Spanish and Danny Pudi does a hilarious job. It comes out of nowhere. You know, you see the two of them sitting on the couch and you're kind of like, oh, maybe they're going to have like a couple jokes. And then Abed, whose character would, you know, never do this, but absolutely would do this, starts beatboxing. And it's, it's so funny. And the, and the rap doesn't have to make sense. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but it rhymes. It rhymes. It and, sounds really good. And the good. flow is catchy. They trade back and forth and they both are into it, but also it's the most like chill... Like, you could see Troy and Abed just spontaneously doing that and then not talking about it or reacting afterwards. Just be like, cool, and moving on. And I love that. It's just, it's such a nonchalant, like, throwaway, but it's 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 clear that in the writing it took so much, you know, time and effort or at least to put that together because I know they're not native Spanish speakers. So they, you know, at least had to do something yeah. to put that together and it ended up being really funny. Dan said on the commentary, I guess there's someone who works on the show who's Portuguese, and he was like up all night one night trying to put this rap together, Dan was, and he kept asking the guy who was Portuguese, like, hey, what rhymes? What rhymes? Just give me words that rhyme. (laughs) That's funny. But yeah, we've spent so much time talking about this great episode of television. That's how it ends, and it ends with something so great. Something I think I've decided that I'd like to do at the end of the episode, just to kind of cap it off, I don't really want to rate or review like give them like a ranking or anything like that i think we've talked plenty about what we like and don't like i think every episode we should give like an mvp award i think we probably both agree that the first episode was abed absolutely who would you say this one okay so as much as i'd like to give it to troy because of the ending rap and his one-liners in the show being so so funny i think i'm actually barely in it so yeah he's barely in it so so he does he doesn't get it I'm actually going to go Pierce 
for this one on the MVP. I think that his opening jokes in the show were really, really funny. Um, and I think he had one the one miss in the episode, but I think he had a lot of really funny stuff, and you kind of got to see a little more of his uh, pitiful nature as a character. So he gets my MVP for this one. What about you? I think I can't give it to Pierce because the one miss of the episode is his, and mm-hmm. Chevy's performance is a big part of why I think it misses. Yeah. I think... I'm not going to. Part of me wants to give it to Jeff because he does really well as a straight man in this episode and gets to goof off a little bit more like when he's given Abed a noogie or if you go back and watch Joel's expressions during his thing with Pierce, like he's so funny in the end. But Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to give my MVP for this episode to Chang because he makes such a memorable first appearance. And that scene made me laugh the hardest. And yeah (laughs) i don't really have a a deeper reason no i I totally think think that that is more than a valid choice i think that he leaves a lasting first impression and you instantly makes you excited to watch the show to see more of him we've got to wrap this up i'm not looking forward to editing this (laughs) (laughs) but the thing that we've got to do before we sign off today is we're just gonna do this one we've got an email that i want to read and discuss Ooh, we just got a letter we yeah. just got a letter. So, just to clarify, you heard it at the beginning. Email us, can't disappoint podcast at gmail.com. I'm assuming typically we won't take an hour and a half to get to this point, uh, <laughs> but we're always going to end the episode. Hopefully, talking with you guys, emailing us is going to be the best way to do that, to send us questions, watch along with us. Next week's episode, Introduction to Film, is a great episode that builds up Abed's character so let us know stuff that you like the best from that episode stuff you remember any questions send them this week we've got a message from Lucas that I'm going to read out and he says hey boys I used to enjoy watching the show back in the day when it was still on air I'll be honest though the biggest reason that I watched it was because it was slotted in a lineup that consisted of The Office Parks and Rec and 30 Rock over time I lost interest in the show and haven't seen anything past season 2 so my question is this what is your elevator speech on why I should devote time to continuing my watch through this series? Scrumptiously, Lucas. <laughs> all, all that you I think say, that's a great question. That's a great question. It's a great first email. And I think that that's pretty in line with what happened to a lot of us, at least, watching the show. Yeah. You kind of started because of when it, it, it came on, and then you lost interest because of some reason or another. Um, Zach, do you want to start? Well, it's hard to do an elevator pitch because that's literally the point of the show that we're doing. <laughs> right? But I guess to absolutely nail it to a T, if you watched it because you loved those other shows but fell out of it, I can see why you would like this show because it does have a lot of the, the, the same things that make The Office, Parks and Rec, and 30 Rock great. But it's also really different from those shows and something else entirely alongside fitting in with those shows. There are definitely things you can't get on those other shows from Community. Um, I don't know. I think the I think the cast is a cut above a lot of those shows. Maybe not The Office, but just by sheer number, The Office is yeah. unparalleled. I think this has one of the stronger casts. I think the jokes are funnier than probably all of those other shows when they really hit and those great homage episodes that fit in so well. I don't know. I feel like I'm not selling it. Well, <laughs> <laughs> let's see if I can take a crack. That's, that's good. You know, you, you, you I, Basically, if you love those shows, you'll love Community, and you'll find 
a lot in it that you won't get from those other shows. You've watched The Office a thousand times. You don't need to watch it again. You know what happens. Watch Community and listen to our podcast alongside it. Right? I uh, I, I agree. I think that the thing that Community has going for it for me is the fact that I think that instead of focusing mainly on the romantic relationships, which I think Friends definitely, you know, that's a lot of the driving force behind a lot of things for the characters. I think that The Office, a lot of the characters get caught up in that as well. Um, community is... It's, 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 the jokes are so funny, and they're fresh, you know, and and I've watched through The Office and Friends, you know, several times each, and it's really great watching Community, which I haven't seen in forever, and just each joke hitting like it's brand new. And for no other yeah. reason than that, I think continuing to watch, I think the third season's really good still, so it's worth watching. There's some good episodes in there, so keep watching past that, but... I especially think that the best advice, like you said, is start the show with us. You know, start with episode one and and go through them uh, because I think that it's good to have that momentum. When you lose momentum and try and start later in a show, I know at least for me, I have a lot of trouble doing that. So start at the beginning where you know that, you know, you have stuff that you enjoyed and that you liked and that'll keep you excited and get you re-excited. Um, I also think that, you know, years have passed since then. And I know I appreciate the show and the jokes a lot more being a little bit older than I did when they first came out. Not that they weren't funny then, but I think that it's just interesting to look at these shows through a little bit different lens. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think you're totally right. Uh, thanks for the question. That was a really yeah, good question. Yeah, thank you, Lucas. Um, also, to go off of what you said, I've had several people come up to me in the last week and say, hey, I checked out the first couple minutes of your podcast. It sounded really great, but I don't know anything about community. Uh, so they didn't really feel like they could go deeper in it. And this show... Even if the guaranteed audience is people who love community, this is just as much for people that have never watched the show too. watch it with us and talk about it with us. Absolutely. I think that it's really cool to experience something for the first time um, with a guide. It's almost like um, mm-hmm. having you know an encyclopedia handy when you're watching a show when you're like, oh, this is interesting or you might you catch things that you know, you wouldn't otherwise catch and you kind of get a, a broader scope of the show, which is nice because you, you can get a little more immersed in the world when you know that there's a world yeah. that, that gets built already. Yeah, listen to us on your drive to work or listen to us like while you're getting ready for bed at night or getting ready in the morning after you've watched the episode the day before. Absolutely. I think it'll be fun. Absolutely. I think it's about time to wrap it up. Get in on the conversation. Email us. Can't disappoint podcast at gmail.com. I think I know what music I'm going to play over this ending, so I want us to have a little bit of a somber, serious, stoic sign-off, okay? Okay. Um... Remember, as we navigate together through these oh-so-tumultuous times, that you can follow us on Facebook... Instagram at Can't Disappoint Podcast and Twitter at You Can't Disappod for all your community podcast needs. Signing off, I'm Zach. I'm Steven. Good night and from and good luck. You fucked up my. I know I did. <laughs> you can say that again. Okay. Oh, here you can go. You can say your thing first. Signing off, I'm Zach. I'm Steven. And from inside the Dreamatorium, this has been You Can't Disappoint a Podcast. 
good night, and good luck. Did you say S?